0: You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow. Prepare to be astonished.
1: Hello, and welcome to Headline This. This is uh, one of three podcasts that I will be sharing with you over the Halloween season um, 2016. This first one is with Melissa Burke and we'll be talking about horror films, Halloween horror films. And the other two podcasts are with Denver Robbins. We'll be talking specifically about the the film uh, American Werewolf in London, which is kind of exclusively tied in with with uh, a lot of what Denver Robbins has done in the past and how he started out his career. And we'll also be talking to Brian Byers who is a, a filmmaker from Utah who has moved to Georgia and is taking his craft his his craft, he's taking his craft into an, a whole new direction. And I I think it's incredible that for these three podcasts, the three people who I managed to get are all of course from the PowerX network. Uh, former hosts which is which is kind of uh, fun it's kind of fun and nostalgic and uh, i love these people a lot they're they're very dear to my heart um so this is the melissa burke episode and she's here once again via the wonderful technological breakthrough that is online communication it's it's incredible um for those of you who don't know or were disappointed that i actually never properly introduced melissa burke you should know that Melissa is a writer. She's a former podcast host for several shows. She's very paranormally infused to the core. Uh, she's also reliable, dependable, works well in the team. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Hang on. What's going on here? Come on. Oh, this is, her, this is her damn resume. Wait a minute. Okay, let me just sort out my papers. Okay. She's a liberated mind with a healthy sense of dark and light humor. Mainly dark. I think it's the fun side that, uh, that draws me to Melissa, definitely. I, I believe that we both missed our calling being the better-looking pair of Siskel and Ebert. Because here we're going to be talking about film. We're going to be talking about horror films. And it's been kind of fun to, to look at them from a, from a psychological standpoint. Um, this this show has been quite a journey because it was recorded over a succession of 12... No, hang on. Sorry. That's t- uh, two parts. And about three quarters were cut because we were talking about coffee table editions of Horse and Saddle and you know, sharing international quiche recipes and, and, and tackling that important subject about who should have won Sybil Shepherd's Heart out of Bruce Wellis and Mark Harmon during that Moonlighting fin- final season. Um... And we also were sharing tips on how to grow the perfect kale patch. Well, actually, no. We never talked about any of those things. But I can assure you that if any of those things do appeal to the common listener, if, if you out there would like us to talk about kale or moonlighting, Sybil Shepherd, horse and saddle, quiche recipes, then, then please shoot us a, le- shoot us a letter <laughs> in the mail and, um, and I'll see what I can do for the future. So, okay nonsense is over this is the halloween special episode where i put an old list of horror movies to the test Uh, i got a a list of 10 that i thought were my horror um, film top 10 and a part of me kind of been second guessing that list and thinking well actually no maybe it's not how i want it to be in fact we pretty much segue film references a lot of other film references within this podcast and I think they make for more of an interesting list of horror films. A lot of what Melissa has seen aren't necessarily the films that I've actually seen and vice versa. So far this October though it's been a bit of a dud for Halloween viewing um, because I have a, a 21 month old kid here. Our viewing has been exclusively about Scooby Doo, that's about as much horror as we're actually getting right now. Is Scooby Doo, maybe Tom and Jerry? Um, that's it, that's all we're getting. But, um, I have seen Conjuring 2, which I have mixed feelings about. I think I need to talk to uh, talk to some somebody about that on a couch, maybe. Um, and Marches, I think I need to actually go and have an exorcism, um, to to release some demons about that movie. Um, but that turned out to be a very well... Martyrs, which was turned to me by a friend, Lee Thorne, um, it turned out to be a very well executed... Um, and But the, the torture for me was hard to watch. Like with any torture film that's out there, I don't get why people want to see movies about the endurance of trauma to the body. And, in, 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 and done in so many creative, horrendous ways, but... Outside of the gore, the ripping of the flesh, there were solid performances from the cast. Um, It was very well done, but to me, it didn't feel like entertainment. Not at all. A lot of liquid was spilt on that set, and that's for sure. So that was Martyrs. So if you want to go and see that kind of a film, be my guest, but please don't share. As you know... And, uh, as you know, you can safely store any liquids and never get caught short again thanks to our sponsors, Liquid Storage Bags. Yeah, did you hear that? That was professional. Liquid Storage Bags! Yes! This is our sponsor! Each box of Liquid Storage Bags contains eight, yes that's right people, eight bags where you can store your very own liquid items. Each bag is wonderfully transparent for the ease of identification And I <laughs> see, there we go, fluffed it up. Oh man! Each bag is wonderfully transparent for the ease of identification of acquired liquids. These bags are durable and easily accessible thanks to the lit- ziplock and seal action. Would that be uh, the animal seal or the? Singer seal, I don't know what that seal action would be, but just when you thought it couldn't get better liquid storage bags are now available with the write-on label marker absolutely free of charge just remember that bags are not sold separately and liquid is not included liquid storage bags the real reason why we bag it up there you go I'm so glad that I got that out of the way so I think I need to have a good old binge-watch night of horror films. And um, after this conversation, I've, I'm, I've certainly got plenty to choose from. Um, and so in the interest of no longer delaying the conversation, I present to you the Halloween Horror Movie Compendium with Melissa Burke. Over to the interview. Let's bag it up. What you call a dial tone, everybody? Hello. Hello, you are on the air. How are you?
0: <laughs> you know, I was thinking. You know, whenever you and I do a show together, mm-hmm. we always miss time with each other. Always.
1: I I think so, and it's it's not uh, it's not by habit. It's just so difficult with these time zones
0: it 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 really is, it but I'm be. thinking deeper that it it must be a genius mind thing
1: yeah okay i'm i'm <laughs> i'm with that i'm 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 okay with the genius <laughs> mind thing um, but uh, okay let's it.
0: talk about let's talk about scary movies.
1: Uh, I'll have scary movies for four hundred dollars, please, Trebek.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. right. And movies. and you and I and it's funny because you and I have connected on that scary movies because we both have an absolute favorite.
1: We do. And I don't
0: know if you, I I don't know if yours has been still your number one because mm-hmm. I do did go through your list, yeah. which there's a few that I have not seen on your list.
1: There's actually including yeah,
0: starry eyes
1: there there's a few films that came out very recently in the last few years. I think we reviewed them on frame by frame and these these films just blew me away. They were incredible, very different and uh, but yeah i think um i think when i when I look at the list um Starry Eyes is especially one of those striking films. It's a very small independent film worth looking into definitely
0: so, see I'm rubbing my hands together already right, you're
1: exciting yeah.
0: Um, I have got to your list,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I um, Donna the Dead Dawn was the your dead. number was number your number ten. Now, has your list changed?
1: Um, it hasn't actually. Um, ch- the only thing that's changed on the list is number four, Alien, because Alien is a science fiction, and I did not have American Werewolf in London on that list, so I had to put it in there.
0: There you go. That's now, Alien. Changed. Although Alien did scare me because I saw it when I was probably ten, and that yeah. was like, it was horrible. Horrible. It was it scary.
1: Is great. So, it, it's scary. Yes. And, but, but I think if if we if I'm making a list of my old top ten films, then Alien would be on there. But uh, these are horror films, so it's a completely yes. different. Uh, but yeah, Dawn of the Dead, the 2004. That's the remake. I, I'm I'm not a big fan of the old slow walking zombies. Um I don't know about you. How do you feel about slow walking zombies?
0: Uh, 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 mm, well, I am a walking dead fan.
1: Well, that's okay. Hugely. Well, they're not they're not they're, they're slow walkers, but they're not rampant. Not as rampant are they.
0: It, no. And so, Dawn of the Dead, I um we actually own it, but we own it because uh my husband, Stewart, is a huge fan mm-hmm. so I have watched it i don 't hate it, but it isn 't one of my favorites
1: yeah, and I gotta kind of feel as though that when they did the two thousand and four one it, it um, I think at the time in two thousand and four we needed a good horror film that that was um, that was well written uh well designed beautifully photographed and and also was a bit of fun and it was it was nice to see that and i think that's why it's in my list um because it was it was a, a truly scary but fun um horror it, film it,
0: and i will agree on that i will agree on that
1: although when i kind of went to see the, the night of the living dead afterwards i kind of just felt like well these guys could easily just uh, you know just just walk around with a, with a, with a something quite gruesome and just plow down all these very slow moving, very passive um, walkers, which in Walking Dead is, very, is slightly different because they just they, they still have a, a bit of pace to them.
0: Y- yes, unless they're in half or hanging from a tree. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, uh, yeah, Dawn of the <laughs> Dead. So then, number nine, Poltergeist. Who's, I
0: honestly think that a lot of these that we have se- that we have posted here are how they made us feel the first time we saw them.
1: Yes. I think so. It's it's a memory of watching the, this.
0: I honestly think it's a memory and it's maybe something that either we loved the adrenaline or we I don't know. I but I honestly think because poltergeist I think is probably higher up for me only because it really scared the oh, light Jesus. out of me. Oh yes. It, I been... was I was and I, but I loved it. I loved that adrenaline scare.
1: I think there's one thing that's, that's that's culturally different culturally different about these films, and and the one thing is is that with Poltergeist, it's set in an American suburb. Um, and it's very relatable to you. So it would be it would feel closer to you in that fear zone. For us, America, it, it, when we were kids, America is still this kind of a magical place. You know, it's still, it, it's a suburb that, that kind of looks like ours, but it's not because it's bigger and it's very different. And um, mm-hmm. so I, I think we always had a slight distance to watching it. And what scared us is, was the actual... Uh, the, the fact that this is happening to somebody else somewhere else. But whereas I feel as though it might have been happening to you when you were watching it that first time.
0: Exactly. Yes, I can I can see that. I can, I can, I can co- correlate with that, yes.
1: So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there are some British horror films that probably aren't on this list that I, I should actually readdress and actually say, well, that actually feels a little bit too close to home. But, yeah. <laughs>
0: I think you're going to be surprised because I actually like a British one quite a bit, and it's not necessarily scary, but it has that edge to it. And I'll tell you on one of the other ones up higher.
1: I, I'm, I think I might guess which one it might be.
0: You probably can.
1: Shall I guess now, or shall I wait until I, think, later? I No,
0: I think you. I I think you should go ahead and guess now.
1: I'm going to guess. Okay. I'm going to do my Johnny Carson thing. <laughs>
0: <coughs> do you have the envelope to your forehead? I have
1: the envelope to my forehead, and I'd like to say that um, <sighs> Wicker Man. No. Oh.
0: Uh, you know, no, wait. wait is it, there's more than one version of Wicker Man, so I need to know which one you are referring oh,
1: to. I was referring to the one with... um Yeah, there's the one with... Oh, oh, the actor name, actor name. David Warner. David Warner. No. No. Okay.
0: No, because I'm thinking of the one that... Well, and I think that... I don't... Okay, maybe it wasn't a British one, but of The Wicker Man, I'm thinking the one with Nicolas Cage, and I couldn't stand that one.
1: Oh, my gosh, no. Oh, I I don't think I've actually watched that. I've, I've... I, I kind of turn off to uh, Nicholas Cage movies recently.
0: <laughs> that's okay. I am too. So
1: yeah, earlier <laughs> ones. Yeah, I think it kind of peaked with Con Air. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you went. <laughs> that, that that's never been said before. Yeah, I think Nicholas Cage peaked on Con Air. No. <laughs> so
0: thank you. Do you have another film? And it's I guess it's more mm. of a paranormal, but it it it's pretty scary
1: a paranormal british film yes wow okay i should know this there there are paranormal it's not it's not on my list though is it no no okay oh i think we're gonna have some have some jeopardy here's what i'll do <laughs> is i'll
0: kind of i'll kind of try to hint at it up okay. earlier so that you can maybe you can guess it by then
1: okay <laughs> okay, that sounds like fun. So, uh, so with, with Poltergeist, I'm, I'm pretty happy that that's my uh, that's a, that's a pretty strong one. Did you watch yes. the, Did you watch the remake by any chance?
0: Of the Poltergeist? Yes, I have not.
1: No, it, it's it's probably not worth watching the, the, the remake. It's the the only. See,
0: and I I think that that would put I think I would put me totally off of it. You're right.
1: Even though I, I think what they were trying to do, the one thing that was that correlated, that was similar, was the the, the political backdrop that they had in the original uh, um, Poltergeist, um, being it was of a Reagan era, I believe. Oh that, yes. Mm-hmm. And that this one is is very distinctly, um, they are struggling parents in this one. They 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 maxing out their credit cards and they're struggling for money and it kind of represents the need to buy equipment and and electronic equipment and things like that and there's like priorities that are not exactly um family-based priorities but uh but yeah so so there is that kind of that they relate it to the now in a very clever way the only thing is is that again like with the original film um they they didn't really need to call it poltergeist, but maybe just giant beast thing.
0: <laughs> oh, see, yeah, they always try to go bigger and better yeah. and bolder. And it's like, you know, you're just stop. You're just ruining it.
1: But even with the original, I still think that they, they jumped the shark uh, from the actual calling it poltergeist movie by ha- having um the the kind of ending that they had but i can understand a lot of the stuff that they were seeing was a part of a hallucination oh Mm -hmm. and and who who doesn't want to see somebody peeling their face off in a mirror um (laughs) (coughs) because they saw their sandwich walking across the kitchen counter because it's that is what we wanted to watch that was the kind of the, the the stuff that um made that movie so great
0: gotcha well that makes sense then
1: yeah i think so so then we're going on to the omen
0: the omen
1: <sighs> how how are you with that
0: i i to be honest with you and this is this is this is bad but i don't think that i f- was able to view the whole thing at any specific time, mm-hmm. it was always pieces, parts throughout my life. So I don't think that I am... I guess I'm going to have to go back and find it and watch it. I mean, we've oh. all seen the, the the famous where he's riding his big wheel in the house.
1: That's it, yes. Yeah.
0: Which kind of ironically is in one of my favorite... This is also a scene that's in my favorite movie, but... Um,
1: uh-huh. i only
0: know pieces parts like when they had the birthday party and the the the, the nanny. what was it the nanny i mean yes. like i said i've only seen certain parts so yes. i don't know the whole storyline and that and i i'm bad i have to do it i have to watch it because it's not like i don't like it i've liked the scenes I've seen, but something's always pulled me away to where I haven't been able to appreciate it.
1: I've got, I've I've had films like that. I've had films where I've, I sat down to watch them and for some reason or not, I never actually um, followed, excuse me, <clears throat> Where's my choke button? Aww. Uh, um, for some reason, I've never actually finished. I can't think of any films at the moment, but I think the score actually with Robert De Niro. I, I've never ever watched that movie, even so. I even though I've put it on at least a dozen times and tried, but never completed it. But yeah, the uh, the ominous is one of those films where I really enjoy the um, the investigative part of that film when they're trying to figure out why. Um, there's, there's photographs involved, so I'm not, I won't, I won't spoil it for you, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's the, it's the investigative part of that movie that, that really got me. I enjoyed that.
0: And I, and I, I, I think I re part of it that I remember about the movie is this, I mean, it was filmed in what the pretty the early 70s wasn't it yeah
1: that's right that's right
0: and so that to me is always a culture still that I still have very fond memories of so the Halloween yeah. the October the because you know of the scenery and the house and all the leaves mm. and it just it was the whole so I needed to watch the whole thing
1: yeah it's it's definitely a feeling that you need to have when you want yes. to watch it so uh, it probably doesn't feel right when it's 90 degrees and uh, <laughs>
0: Fish. And I and I think I'm going to keep that in my um, I'm going to keep that in my option box. Option of box. where of where it is in my in my list after I watch it, because it may rank up higher if I've watched the whole thing. You never know. Yes, so yes, it follows. I have never seen this movie. It's a,
1: a fairly fairly recent one, and it's um. Uh, it's it's a movie that that surprised me because uh, well the soundtrack I think it's like Stranger Stranger Things there's a there's seems to be a nostalgia for eighties
0: oh uh uh-huh. yes and yes
1: this kind of had that in its um in its soundtrack in its delivery as well it was very much like Halloween and it's uh and, and it's slow and it's it, it, it was not afraid to use silences, and that kind of kept things very interesting.
0: They don't use silences a lot in films, do they? No. No.
1: <laughs> and, and, and in radio, I think it's missed in radio a lot because...
0: That dramatic exactly, effect. Exactly, that dramatic effect, yeah. it's
1: a, <laughs> So let, let's speed through, because I've got, we've got to get through your list before we go too far. Um, oh,
0: well, I'll throw mine in there, too. Okay. So I'm going to have to watch – so the next two are the ones that I hadn't seen, and so I'm going to watch It Follows. I do have to watch The Omen all the way through. Mm -hmm. Tell me about Starry Eyes.
1: Starry Eyes is actually a film – it's set in Los Angeles even though it's a very dark, grim-looking Los Angeles. It's not a a bright, sunny sky Los Angeles, but I think it's a mood palette – based on the character's um perspective the main character being an act a, um, a, tr- a, a struggling actress who is trying to become um the next big hollywood star and she's working as a waitress in this kind of a hooters type of thing and um, and she's struggling to get auditions and um she's got Friends who are kind of trying to screw her over and get auditions over her, and, and it's it's a very uh, a typical setup for a starlet in the making. And she has an encounter at an audition that changes her, and um, it, it kind of puts her in this kind of a, a unusual cult uh, sense uh, sensibility that kind of draws her in.
0: And uh, eventually oh, yeah. takes
1: over her, and it's the uh, it's it's basically the third act of this movie. Uh, the the build up to it is is beautiful. It's not so much horror in the build up; it's more psychological repulsion, that kind of thing. Um, but in the third act, it just goes full blown horror, and it's it's glorious and very well done. Very well done, and also there is an eighties and... there there is an eighties nostalgia to it as well. Um, But the mood palette for Los Angeles is very much a um, a stylistic choice and it's a very interesting film to watch.
0: Oh, how wonderful.
1: Did I I sell it?
0: You did. Oh, you sold it. Oh, I can't wait to see it. (laughs) So before we go to the next one, because I have all this written down now. So before I go to the next one, Mm -hmm. which I absolutely love because it scared me. What about Rosemary's Baby?
1: Rosemary's Baby. I, I th- I've seen it once. Um, and I think I've only seen it once. And maybe it's one of those films that um, when I watched it, it was not the right time. Maybe. I don't know. I watched it a long time ago.
0: Or maybe because, I don't know, I think as a woman, that scared the crap out of me.
1: Yes, I think probably. And I was young
0: when I saw it too, so.
1: Yes, yes. And I I think that there's probably something in that when you're a parent, maybe. So maybe watching it again now might change my mind.
0: It probably would. (laughs) You probably would be scared.
1: Jane Fonda. It was Jane Fonda, wasn't it?
0: Um, No, it was. um, It
1: was not Jane Fonda.
0: It was not Jane Fonda. No. It was... Who was the one that was married to... Mia Farrow. That's who it was. Mia Farrow. And she was adorable. I mean, she was a... a real doll. She, she, was, she was. She was cute <clears throat> as a button. Absolutely. And I think that made it even more horrifying. Yeah. Just because she was so sweet and young and innocent. And 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 her her way of acting is so different than so yeah. many people that I've ever met. So maybe it was like... For me as being a young age being a female I don't know but that whole storyline it encompassed because yes. you know it it was maybe so much it isn't a horror movie that it's a what would you say like a thriller
1: it's yeah psychological I'd say very
0: deep it is I think that's more of it more of that than the than the I don't know, Then hiding behind the pillow, you know, while you're watching to make sure that whatever happens to them on TV doesn't happen to you, too.
1: Exactly. And I think the the, uh, the one thing that did, that movie did bring out was one of the classic lines uh, from Mia Farrow. Um, what have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? And the guy goes, it has his father's eyes.
0: Oh, and it's just, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean I I remember that from the movie so at least it it does have it, it does have a lot of appeal and but I I don't know why it's hit my list so maybe it requires review.
0: <laughs> maybe it needs to be your top 20. <laughs> it, it's
1: in there definitely.
0: <laughs> so um Salem's a lot. I want to hear your version a of why <laughs> and what it what it means to you because I have a feeling it's kind of going to be the same, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I think as a, as a kid, um, I watched this and uh, I was a Stephen King fan anyway. Um, the story was from the point of view of a writer and yeah and but then of course all the makeup came into it and I'd already seen American Werewolf in London so it was kind of off the back of that I believe I'm not sure maybe it was before I think chronologically mm-hmm. I watched it afterwards and I just I just really uh, enjoyed that that vampire in America uh, and suburb story that that it, it was just it was just great it was just great to watch and it was just yes. fun It was fun. Is that kind of how it it works? But
0: see, now I was, I was, I think I was seven when I saw it. Mm. And first of all, what's his name, David?
1: Oh, nice. Oh
0: my gosh. I'm going to have to look because first of all, he was big into acting here. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he was like a dream man for the women here. Okay.
1: Right.
0: and he he still was so at that time he was so um popular in and I in, in what we saw on TV w- w- and was stuff. Was
1: he a singer? Was he a singer?
0: I don't so. I, I don't
1: know why I'm thinking David Cassidy. <laughs> I <don't>.
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I liked him too. You're describing
1: no. David Cassidy, but you're not, well, this he, isn't the guy. No, uh,
0: no, it isn't. And I can't think of his name, which is awful, but I was seven years old. So so when this came on, uh, first of all, it terrified me. It was like, if anybody was going to save it, it was the the main character with the blonde hair. But
1: David soul,
0: David soul. That is him. Yes. Ah. That was who the, he was the heartthrob at that time, you know, and I think the scariest part of the whole movie that every time and seeing it at that age, you know, it did yeah. have an effect on me and it was a good effect. It wasn't a bad effect, yeah. but was when the, when the vampire <laughs> raised up and window. was looking at him through the window. <laughs> That's it. that was that was the um i think that was the most terrifying part of the whole thing
1: that's it and it was that it was the tapping if i remember there was a tapping on that window and it and it sent yes yeah that's it and that, yeah. that that's the reason why yeah exactly it's perfect
0: yes yes so i think i i i like the i like the um I don't know. I just liked how it was. Now, of course, it didn't have all the super effects that movies have now, but it was it was very original for its time.
1: Definitely, definitely, I think so. And uh, yeah, because it was it was just before American Well in London, nineteen seventy nine. This film was so it was it was yeah. It, it started it all off, I think. Exactly. So, I um, we're on to number four now, and uh, as we know, I've replaced Alien with American Wealth in London, because uh, technically Alien, even though it is a horror, it is also more science fiction. So, I wanted to keep it a little bit closer to the horror genre. Correct. So That's, Correct. A, good, that's a good idea, I think.
0: I think so, too.
1: Yeah. Do you know what's also a travesty? I don't have Don't Look Now on this list, either, but... That's a, no, that's a whole other story, that is. Gosh.
0: Really? I don't think I've seen it God. or even heard of it. Is that horrible?
1: It's, uh, oh, it's, a, it's a very cool film. When, if, you're, if you like the idea of psychic energy and, um, yeah. But um, maybe it should have a special list because, I, I, you know, um, yeah. That, that's one film I'd like to have actually do a single podcast on because it is an incredible film.
0: Is, now, is it a, is it an independent film? Is it a British film? Is it a oh, U.S. film?
1: Do you know what? I think it's it's an American Italian, and uh, it's got Donald Sutherland in it, Julie Christie. Um, and, wow! And it's it's made famous because of the it's a little you know the Spielberg, little girl in the red dress in um, Schindler's List.
0: Yes. Well,
1: th- this has been done before. The little girl in the red dress is is kind of a predominant image in cinema. Um and and so much so in Don't Look Now. It's about um Donald Sutherland's daughter who drowned in a in um a river out the back of his country house and um a few years later, they, they, he's restoring a church in Italy, and he keeps on seeing this image of a of a of somebody wearing red running around Italy. And he's trying to figure out if it's an image, if it's a a ghost of his daughter. And it's a very oh. very cool film.
0: So, but, do you think it's more of a thriller, or do you think it's more of a horror film?
1: You see, that's that's probably where it blends. In. It's where, where all all the films in this list a kind of specific for a horror audience but it's a it is a kind of um it's in his head a lot of it. it's a psych- uh, so it's a psychological film but there there is a kind of a a sense of precognition or clairvoyance or a psychic energy that's involved in it and uh but uh, yeah it's a shame that I don't have that in the list but I I feel as though it maybe it's a little bit more elevated um film than than just your typical horror
0: See, and that's, that's one of the things that was some of my list. I I don't know if it falls into technically horror. I mean, I think the 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 personal viewer yes. makes that decision. Absolutely. And and one of the one of the films that was on is on my list, and I guess I put it as horror, but I think it's more thriller. Is the others?
1: The others is uh, that's that's the Nicole Kidman film, right?
0: Yes, yeah, yes, well, with Christopher Eccleston, that's, who's that's, one of my favorite actors.
1: Yeah, I, I'd put it on the psychological, supernatural, super. Yeah, maybe there is a, 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 a sub genre of horror that is more about getting inside your head. About, yes. It's, it's that kind of thing. It's like The Innocence. Have you seen that film with the, the two children?
0: I have not. See, this is why I'm so glad that we are talking about this because you are teaching me so much.
1: Well, the innocence was a, that was one of those first films that had uh, spooky children as a, as a main part of the of the theme of the movie. Nineteen joy. It was 1945. No, that can't be the right one. <laughs> the innocent it's one, 1961 that's better okay yeah 1961. okay 1961 there are many films called the Innocents, apparently but yeah this is definitely uh it's, they call it a, goth- a gothic horror film even though it's not really horror like you say i honestly
0: think i see yeah it, it's like it's almost like it's a... Um, I think whenever you I definitely think that it needs to be into a subcategory like you said probably like a thriller or a Super, psychological thriller.
1: Yeah, supernatural psychological thriller, which yes. is yeah, when, when when to me a thriller is something where every scene is just literally just keeping you gripped and moving forward fast. Thriller is uh, something that uh has a uh, has momentum to it. There aren't any slow moments. There aren't any uh no nobody relaxes in a thriller that's as, as exactly how I, how I think yeah um uh, that should exactly. be and then drama you you can basically go in and out of that that mood And yeah i guess but um so <laughs> yeah so the, yeah but the innocence 1961 was i i i feel as though the others was kind of based around that that very much, that idea and um, it's based on the novella Turn of the Screw, of course, by uh, Henry James. So, uh, ah. so of, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of um, kind of links to that kind of gothic house, um, children involved, that kind of thing. It, it, it's it, But this is one of those, f- f- the first time I actually saw creepy children who dominate the the screen and actually put the fear in the actual in, in the adults instead of the other way around the children, opposite way around yeah because usually it's the children who are afraid and the parents are supposed to be able to protect them um but yeah it, it's nice to have that subverted but yeah the others is also a, a good strong contender to have in a list it- and
0: i like the i like the the um i like the characters that they used Yes, because not necessarily not necessarily Nicole Kidman, which she did a fantastic job. But I yeah. loved the I loved the um, well, the others. I I loved the their help their their house help.
1: The house, ha- yeah, exactly. And I think I mean
0: those three really were a, were strong characters, even though the one lady didn't talk. Mm-hmm. And the one guy was so kind of quiet, but the, the, the main, I, I don't know what you would call her. What would you call her? The maid? The servant? I don't even know. She was a very strong character, and I've seen her in other stuff.
1: Yes. Uh, Mrs. Oh, Mrs. Bertha Mills. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of like a governess kind of a character. She that's
0: was... what yes, that's what she was, and she uh, was yeah. strong, and she was, and, and, you know, at the end when you're like... Holy crap! Hmm. There's the whole. I mean, because it was scary anyway. Because it was a very dark and a very quiet film.
1: Which is, I mean, you almost have to. Silence is you almost is have to turn dirty. it up
0: really exactly remember we talked about silence
1: silence is powerful silence is one of those things that people don't realize can actually make more of an effect than actually having everything pounding across
0: Ex- and, fast, loud and loud and and boisterous yes
1: you're absolutely it right. almost
0: puts people at uh, at unease it does because they don't know how to they don't know how to react because I... that's the that's the unknown
1: it is. And I remember speaking to an actor um, down in London, not to brag, but, uh, <laughs> was, you know, at the theatre, in the theatre, and uh, we were in the Old Vic, um, and, and I, was, I was having a few drinks accidentally with the cast of, of this play. Um, one of them, I, I just didn't know who he was at the time. And embarrassingly, I found out that, that later on, he was Hugh Bonneville. I wasn't, oh I wasn't my. paying attention, um, but his uh, counterpart in that play was Stephen Tomkinson, and uh, he kept on buying me wine. I don't know what he was trying to do. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about silence, and, and I said, how long can you go on stage? Because cl- the, the play that they were in had these strong moments of silence, and, and, it, and I said it, it makes the audience uncomfortable, and he says, he says it, it better. Um, and but yeah, there's you can probably go for as long as two minutes, and then you might start getting people talking, kind of rustling around, and they they get so uncomfortable that they simply have to just break the silence themselves.
0: Yes. And yes. Yeah.
1: So when it's when it's in a film though, it's different. You've you've just got to put up with it. You can't just start making noise to change the the feel of the of the film. It's just silence. You
0: have to have it, it is. It's just silence.
1: Yeah. And I'm just trying to think if there are other films that use silence in, a, in such a strong way. But um, no, I think the F is, is one of those. Yeah, they call it a, a fantasy thriller on. Um,
0: oh, okay.
1: On the old Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> As, as if as if that's the final genre, of course, because you know, I'm sure there are many interpretations. If you go if you go into any video store, you know it's bound to be under horror most of the time. I'd say, but uh, yeah.
0: exactly. And you know what's funny is is you're going to have people listening to this podcast, and they're hmm. going to be screaming it out. They're going to be like, "This movie! This movie!"
1: Yeah, so. and, and and do you know what? <laughs> It's funny because this list that I'm looking at I was, was compiled over a year ago and I, th- I think it was done in the moment and you, you can't always remember everything. I think 10 is a very small number of anything. Really. It, it
0: is, especially when there's, when there's so many different um, perspectives that you can look at stuff.
1: Yes. I mean, American Wealth, American Wealth in London is a comedy horror. It's pure and simple comedy horror. I mean, it was it was one of those films that nobody could really figure out if there was going to be an audience for. So the, they were a bit worried. Exactly, about it. they were a bit worried when it first came out. So,
0: and now, it, and now, truly, there's almost a cult following for it.
1: Exactly, and a lot of films followed in its footsteps, trying to be funny. And uh, but uh, you know, you can. I don't think. I've seen a com- comedy horror um that that struck struck the balance so beautifully as American Werewolf in London.
0: Well, and even even just the the characters that played in it and yes. um even the soundtrack. Absolutely. You know, this the soundtrack made it a big made it a big. It kind of all enveloped itself into this this amazing Yeah, thing that people absolutely love to watch.
1: It's it's a it's a great soundtrack because they have. I mean, I think they have three different uh, versions of Blue Moon in that film. There are three distinct different versions, and uh, which which, quite a funny little note to say that uh, I can't. I love the song Blue Moon, and it's one of those songs that you can kind of sing to yourself.
0: But now it's creepy.
1: Now it's creepy, but it, it's not not it's not such a a good thing to do when you're around Manchester.
0: Oh, I because, believe it now. Okay. Because
1: Man's, Manchester City Football Club claim "Blue Moon" as their kind of anthem, their song. And, oh no! And so, because there's Man City and there's also Manchester United Football Club, and if you are humming or singing "Blue Moon," In, in the wrong neighborhood in Manchester, then you probably might get... <laughs> Beat up? <laughs> you, you, you might get a swift kick in the, in the you-know-whos. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I can, I cannot just go out there and just take my blue moon and own it. So...
0: <laughs> so you have to do it in the privacy of your own home?
1: I have to do it at the piano, quietly. And, uh, With your kitties watching. Yeah, but luckily the the next door neighbour who I love is actually a Manchester City fan, so he would appreciate it because. Ah. But uh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's it's a good all rounder, American Werewolf.
0: What
1: so? What was your number three in your list?
0: Um, my number three was um. Uh remember how we would, had talked and I had said that there was a f- a f- um, a British film but yes. I guess it's more I guess it's more of a cuz it isn't really scary but as you as you know since I'm a huge paranormal fanatic yeah generally mine tend to follow along that lines and I saw The Awakening
1: The Awakening
0: so I don't know if you've seen that or Ooh, not.
1: The awakening. Let's have a look. Okay. Be... Oh right, okay. So it's uh No, I do you know what I have not seen this? Two thousand eleven United Kingdom.
0: Yes. Wow. And it and it says that it's a thriller horror. First of all, I love I absolutely love the actress that's that's in here. And Re- I've Rebecca seen her Hall. another. Yes. And I can't remember what else I've seen about her, but I love her acting. So that was a huge, um, that was a huge pull in. But the, the boy, one of the boys that's in this film is the youngest of, well, the second to the youngest boy for, on Game of Thrones.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, so there's a lot of references. Yes, that. but
0: I didn't know that because I hadn't seen Game of Thrones yet. And so when I saw him, I liked his acting because he's just a little bit different. He doesn't like overdo anything. He just Such kind you. of, you know. Yes, and so I really like this one because it's kind of a psychological thriller as well. It's it's,
1: it's something I have never seen before.
0: Oh, it's it's um it. it's. Uh, Uh, And, of course, again, being a paranormal person, I absolutely love all of the – throughout the movie, she's trying to basically prove that there is not a haunting when actionality there is. And she's starting to get – yes. And so um, the the whole procedure that she kind of goes through, when I've seen it, the first time I was – I just kind of fell in love with it. So I've probably seen it about – 10 times since
1: then wow well i know that's a a strong reason you know that's a reason to go watch it i mean if if you've watched it 10 times then there must be something in there i'm I'm curious it
0: just is and and i think maybe it's maybe it's the um kind of the feeling you get while you're watching it so
1: probably yeah yeah okay and
0: it had some big names in it so so what was your number three now Oh, is it the same?
1: It's it's um it's Halloween.
0: It is Halloween.
1: It is Halloween. Yes.
0: Now are are we talking the original Halloween with um what is her name?
1: Well, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, and, yes.
1: Um, John Carpenter's Halloween. You, you, hang on, John Carpenter's Halloween. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, what. Well, you know what, Halloween. I don't know why that doesn't sound right. Of course, it's John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I said John Carpenter's Halloween, and it just, for some reason, I just, I just doubted myself. You know what? As soon as you doubt yourself,
0: then you have to, then you, yes, and then it just goes spiraling downhill yeah, as you, like, as you oh, keep walking. Of course, it's John
1: Carpenter. Who else? Who else in <laughs> 1978 had the guts to make that? Who, the score, the music, who else plays it? Oh, gosh, the, yes. You know, that's John Carpenter, of course. I may, I may have to cut that bit out as well. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm ashamed.
0: Oh, don't be. No, so no, no, don't you, be.
1: You, again, uh, would, would probably see this as a film that's kind of close to home because it's uh, it's about the suburbs, of America
0: it is it is and and at that point in time in the 70s the mid 70s of course i was still young but halloween was a lot different back then of course even than it is now yeah and and back then you had tons of trick or treaters you did carve pumpkins you did um you did dress up but <clears throat> the whole babysitting thing i mean that was big on what I did back then, was babysit. You don't want to watch this movie if you have to go babysit on <laughs> Halloween night. That's you true. You know? So what of happened? course, she was a lot older than I was, but it still had a very huge impression on me the very first time that I saw it.
1: Definitely. And, and you just brought something up there, something that the aspect of Halloween in America. So it was very typical for adults to, to go out and, and have Halloween parties. Is oh, that, yes. Oh, thing? yes. Back
0: then. Oh, yes. It was and it, adults, a lot of
1: adults and the kids stayed at home.
0: Well, and a lot of them actually they would what they would do is they would um, they would have block parties. So they would they would. Well, where I grew up, they would have block parties. And it was just one city block, which was, you know, probably a good 30 to 40 houses. Yeah. And it was, you know, each across the street and they would put roadblocks on each end. Now the kids would go and they would they would go trick or treating pretty much for the night and and I mean they could go f- 6 or 7 blocks away to the to the good houses and get the good candy. <laughs> and and you know they would have no adult supervision back then because wow. back then it was like you know, the only thing we would do is we would send our candy. Once we got it, we wouldn't eat it because our parents had to investigate. But they would send it through the um, through the scanner at the airport so that, you know, to make sure that it doesn't have needles or razor blades in it or whatever. But back then, people made homemade popcorn balls and homemade caramel apples and th- that whole thing that people absolutely don't do now. They just go to the grocery store and they buy you know, bags of Snickers or those horrible, yeah. horrible Mary Janes. Oh
1: Mary Janes. That's you're, is that kind of like you're going to have
0: to look those. It's yeah. uh, like a peanut butter candy.
1: All right, all right. Well, here, here it's kind of like an oddball of all different possible candies. All the hard <laughs> toffees and um, um, I don't know if you have Haribos over there. I'm not sure.
0: I don't know to be no. honest. Oh yes, I think. I don't know. I'd have to I'd tang, have to look. Like
1: like sweet and sour, tang, fastic kind of things and um yeah, just a mixture but a lot of refreshers um and, oh, and it, it's it's a lot of it's just too hard for your teeth. Yes. And I've ne- yes. I ne- that was the part that I never liked. I liked it when people dropped in the little tro- chocolate um chocolate eggs or a little chocolate um
0: Oh so coins. did you like the little Oh yes I remember the chocolate coins we get those a lot for Christmas
1: Yeah we get chocolate eyeballs mainly now <laughs> Chocolate eyeballs I remember
0: those and sometimes they had like the rice crispies in them mm. so they would be like the the crispy Oh right crispy chocolates yes oh, so yes. that you know while you're chewing that eyeball it would make sound yeah you know there's the added there's the added effect for drama
1: yeah that the um the walking dead um effect you could call it
0: oh yes
1: so I think we probably need a little bit of a talk at the end of this about walking dead, but um
0: I think so too i I haven't watched it, I was told about it
1: some spoilers are already ruined, ah.
0: Yes, yes, yes. But you know, to be honest with you, I think that The Walking Dead probably should be talked about because even though it's not a movie, it's a it's a graphic novel and it is a television show.
1: Yeah, I think I think we ought to uh, f- figure that out for our, for an upcoming show. Definitely. Yes, yes, yes. Because uh, I think I have a lot to say about it now, more so than <laughs> I did when I first started watching it. But uh, um, yeah. But so uh, that's I think you and my, my
0: yes, yes. There's it, it, a, yes, a, a
1: few, yes. few differences of opinions uh, from how I feel sometimes about it. And um, I think from what oh, I've... in
0: America right now, everybody's just it's you're either you're either a diehard fan and you just deal with all the blood and gore mm-hmm. or you're a pansy. And guess who falls into the pansy section?
1: Well, I think um, I do. I do too. And I think I've I've, I've chatted to a couple of people um, via Twitter and YouTube about about what they, um, about them shying away from what they had to endure um, at the beginning of the episode, and it just makes me think that that's it, that what they seem to do for every single season. They, they it, it's it's kind of like it's the like they're same. trying
0: to too hard to overtopple the last season.
1: But there's but it's the same thing. It's not nothing new. They're not they're not like I just kind of feel as though I, I, I want something a little bit more challenging than just because it is a loop, isn't it? It is a loop because it just ends up there. Even if it's at the beginning of a, if it's in a slaughterhouse or if it's in a a, a town or a, a a prison, they all end up somewhere in a line and and it's it's it, it's a game of cluedo as to which one's going to get and it's kind of like well you know really come on let let's have some skyscraper action let's have some some urban um uh, something, something different than just walking around the forest meeting people with clubs and uh Exactly.
0: Exactly. Or that, that all of a sudden one of the characters is going to puny out and then they're going to come back and they're going to be twice as peeved as they were, you know, at the beginning of the season. And then, and then all of a sudden they're going to kick everybody's ass. And then it's, I'm sorry. Fanny. No, that's even worse for you. Um,
1: (laughs) Do you know what? The it's rear. not a problem. The rear, the kick, their ass is fine. Ass is fine. Okay. We're we're cool about the ass. I,
0: <laughs> okay, and that's fine. I'm we're trying cool. not. <laughs> the
1: heiny, hiney, hiney I know the, the tushy.
0: I know the the <laughs> other the other one isn't as is kosher, but that um, but I said because <laughs> Americans are very different in that aspect. But um, you know, it's it's like it's almost like it's almost like you said, we, we have something different, but you know what? I honestly think that if the writers were really good at what they did, they could have gotten the same effect without what, I mean, just there, it just, it needs to be sat down and it needs to be thought out. And I don't think that was thought out.
1: That's it. And I think a lot of it comes from pressure from the producers to basically, like you said, uh, top off, What happened last time? Everybody, if everybody enjoyed that, then we do it again, and we do it again, and that's the that's one of the failings I find. A lot of a lot of TV, TV series tend to kind of fall on. For for my money, I feel as though it's not about that. It's about exactly. It's about letting these characters do something, and instead of just killing them off, you know, before they even get a chance to even do anything, really. They they exactly. always seem to fall short of of, of their potential, and uh, but there there we go. I well,
0: and they and they and they put even in the show they put that if you have if you show any kind of weakness, <sighs> your chances of getting the axe by the end of that episode. I mean, seriously. It's yeah. like I would have been dead in the first series. I am sorry, but I, I, I would always try to look for the good in people. And so I would always be the one who dies. I would be that character that you only have three lives and then you have to wait 20 minutes to get three more lives. It would be me. I, I would be i would have probably been dead the first episode I i'm figured, just saying
1: i figured out my entire duration of a zombie holocaust will will be me hiding in a in a, in a very large supermarket in <laughs> uh, in between the two the, the the big divide of the of the the freezer sections mm-hmm. where nobody can find you but you basically take your chance every day to come out to grab a bit of food and then get back in it would be the most boring series ever because i would basically be found <laughs> but by golly you would
0: survive
1: <laughs> well i might survive but then i think they might just start to have a bit of an odd smell that they'll gravitate towards and i'd be i'd be gone within a week i swear <laughs> It would not last long. Somebody would come I'm along with and I'm glad I'm not the
0: only one because that's the first thing I'm thinking. Is I think of these things, I'm like, why aren't these people just digging a big ass hole? See, I said it again. Oh my gosh, a big <laughs> hole in the ground and just making your livelihood underground. And then I and then I'm thinking, okay, but then I'd have to wonder how many entrances and exits I'd have because I'd have to be able to not only disguise them but i'd have yes but i totally would be the sneak too i would be the, the one snake. hiding i'm i i just i couldn't i i don't know i would like i said i would die the, probably the first episode I'd, I'd be in big trouble
1: i'd be like a snail i'd be the, the it'd be like it'll take all night for me to get from one <laughs> garden to another garden to find food <laughs> And and I, and I literally would be eating snails and slugs and anything that that moved, um, while everybody else is actually just running around enjoying the the high life. And I'd be kind of thinking, well, how come everybody's actually enjoying themselves? I'm I, I've, here, I am in the dirt, trying to survive. And I don't and I, exactly.
0: I, and do you think that you could survive not taking a shower for months at a time?
1: No, there's no chance. I,
0: I would be. I would be. Not only would I be like shaved bald but I'd have to probably do it by hand and and cut with, you know, ducky scissors that I found at a school that you know, was my <laughs> left, safe left-handed. haven for a while.
1: Left-handed one exactly. as well. Exactly,
0: it would be left-handed, and I'd have to raise my fist and say, "Why this cruel world?" It,
1: it will have the the double hoops because it's 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 got the guiding holes for a small child, and you're kind of trying to get your fingers through that oh, guy.
0: <laughs> exactly, it has got rounded corners because yeah. you know oh, my left guide accidentally cut my arm off or <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. My, my death would be trying to open a tin of 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 out-of-date mangoes. There. <laughs> and just cutting myself on the edge and just bleeding to death. That'll be it. it be great.
0: I'm so glad that you and I are so much alike. Terrible. We can, we can writhe in misery together at the end of the world. I'm just saying.
1: So what was your number two, Melissa?
0: Um, you know, I really like the movie Um Hide and Seek.
1: Hide and Seek.
0: Yes. Oh, now this is I think I know this, this is with Robert De Niro.
1: Yes. It's a creepy one, that.
0: It is and it and it it's technically also considered a horror kind of a mystery thing, but it's very psychological.
1: Definitely, yeah I,
0: I almost think that i 'm more challenged with my brain thinking than me trying to process gore and blood and guts
1: I think so too yeah to a, to, a, to a certain degree, definitely, I think I like to see uh, people struggling with extremes um, i think I think a lot of my list are, are people who are dealing with extremes of of circumstance that pertains to horror but I can I can definitely see that you're more of the uh, the get into your head and yes. and mess with your head to the point of of breaking that kind of yes uh, yeah. yes
0: and and then you're sitting on the edge of your seat and you're definitely. like of course one of those famous lines that everybody says don't open that door you know that that to me is like that's I don't know to me that is horror because it could be a reality if you think about it
1: exactly and it's the unknown the unexpected um nowadays there's a lot of um it, it's all kind of by the numbers you know you get your jump scares you have your um your your cute moments of reality where everything's hyper hyperly pro- projected as being a normal wonderful life um, exactly and then you have the uh, the undercurrents that start to tear through and rip apart the lives of these, these characters. And I think Hide and Seek is, yeah, again, it's one of those films I, I've seen, but I don't entirely remember everything.
0: Yes, it, it's just one of those that if you, if you, um, if you want to scare yourself in a, in a certain way, it's really great to watch at night when everybody else is in bed. Do you know what what
1: impresses me uh, as somebody who likes to look at the budgets and box office that it only costs thirty million to make Hide and Seek, and it came yes. out of the box office with, with one hundred and twenty two million point seven. So yes. So what does that say about all these sore movies and all those that you can actually have an in, an intense? um intelligent psychological mystery thriller and actually still come away with over a hundred mil.
0: Exactly, exactly. And you know where where everybody there's so many different um directors and writers and stuff that think that they like you said, the the scheduled scares, okay, if they've had three jumps. But what it is 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 technically they want to make sure that it's blood and gore. Yeah. It's sex it's violence. And it's like, you don't really need to me. I mean, yes, there's the older films. I think that was a good, um, I think that was a good stipulation of watching a scary movie, but the, but you know, more into the future now, as we are, there should be other ways that we can stimulate the adrenaline you know within us to make us just absolutely go crazy and consider it a horror film
1: exactly and, and like we say that that horror kind of breaks through many different conventions and it's not always just about the, the one thing trying to make you jump in your chair or to it's also there to make you think
0: exactly and which so, brings me to your number 2
1: now that's that's a thinker <laughs>
0: It is a thinker because that scared the crap out of me.
1: I'm and it, it was supposed to.
0: <laughs> it, it was, and it, it's the <laughs> whole premise of every, even all the different characters. It's, um, yes, Exorcist is probably one of the best older horror films out there.
1: It's a classic example of. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, not a lot happens, really. In The Exorcist, it's not about it's not about density. It's about the quality of what you get and and, and all those scenes. I mean, you you kind of you wait for it when it happens. You're kind of going, oh, my God. Wow. What did I ask for? And then it just keeps on going further and further and further. And then it's until it just becomes, you know, until it breaks you. It's great.
0: Yes, it is great. And I like how they use the dark scenes a lot. lot. Yes. That really, that really pulled it together as well. Because I know a lot of people say now you can't make dark films and have people like it. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, definitely. Yes, you can. The, the I that, mean, even the, yeah. the standing under the the the, the streetlight. Yes. That they're not even saying anything they're just showing that and in your mind you're allowing the worst possible scenario to scare the crap out of you just by looking at that scene
1: it it is an astonishing piece of photography it's iconic you know and it is um it, it says so much and yet you you can film is a visual medium and if you cannot say something without words then you know i, I think and I, you can see a lot of the films like the small budget films a lot of Hallmark stuff they tend to kind of have narration voice over over everything and they want to kind of tell everything as it's going on but but this film you weren't really told what was going on you weren't no. told anything that the characters didn't know themselves um, there's there's no uh, Morgan Freeman exposition, which I like to call it, <laughs> where people which happens actually, a
0: lot now. Yes,
1: which happens a lot now because because they're they're afraid that audiences don't think for themselves, and I think they heavily underestimate audiences for their, their ability to take information in and to take images in and to be able to figure out what those images mean such as The Exodus front cover.
0: Exactly. And here, when I'm thinking about it, I think about, and and this is not to demean any of your listeners, but if you are going to set two... (laughs) Me included! If you had two people sitting next to each other, Yes. And one of them only likes horror films if there's like I can't watch any of the saws. Oh my gosh, I would die because I I can't even imagine yeah. the the pain that these people are going through. Yeah. So if you think of the the person on the left sitting there and and only liking movies that have blood and gore and violence and you know sexual content whatever the case may be and you have the other person sitting here that's watching the thrillers and absorbing it and thinking it out and like I said I'm not I am absolutely not demeaning any listeners but the person that requires the gore and the blood and the you know all of that extreme stimulation. I honestly think that they're emotionally, emotionally shallow.
1: Okay, yeah, I I, I can understand that definitely. And it's, it, but it's more. I th- I think it's just more the the fascination. It's the same with rubbernecking. You know, when you're on a highway and yes. there's been an accident on the other side of the highway not even on your side, the traffic is still stuck on your side because they're all slowing down to have a look yes. at what's going on and it slows the traffic down. Yes. And if, if you're the one who's actually waiting to look at, at the, the corpse being dragged out of a car...
0: Yeah, the carnage. Yes, the carnage.
1: If you're if you're the one who's thinking, oh, I can't wait to see what the accident is ahead, then you're emotionally not in touch with with the reality of what you're actually supposed to be doing, which is driving forward, moving exactly. forward, and and exactly. Yeah. and I, I think of it that way. I, I, it's the same kind of thing, and, and and I'm you know I'm the one who's kind of like thinking, you idiots, keep moving. This the this is tragedy, and a lot of these films are about. Human tragedy—they're about pulling the body apart, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's, to a point of reality. I mean, the, the, it, don't get me wrong. The one thing about these films is that the special effects artists are working purely with—well, the m- most of the time they're working with practical effects. they're, you know, things are uh, are being ripped apart, what have you. It's—it's it's all very impressive, very exciting, but to me. It doesn't convey entertainment to me. Uh, to 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 be able to see somebody being tortured to the inch of of having their skin removed is not exactly is not entertaining. Um, no, even though not all films are supposed to be entertaining. I mean, okay, Schindler's List. Hard, hard-hitting drama. Not exactly an entertaining film in terms of wow, let's watch that again. But exactly. But it, it, it's it's still delivering a story. It's still delivering uh, something that is impactful. That is beautifully image, visually beautifully striking. The characters are something that you can relate to or understand. Know. But
0: I, and there's that human yeah. interaction as well, yeah. that, that part is what I think people
1: gravitate try
0: towards. to, re- exactly.
1: So how, to, to not gravitate towards that, to purely just go into a film and say, I can't wait to see what, screwdrivers are going to be inserted into the heads of these people. I, n- I is, know. It just seems a little bit um, sadist masochistic it does and avoid void of 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 anything a void of feeling in a way but exactly um, but luckily i mean the exorcist is one of those films that that doesn't go anywhere near that um the torture of a young girl in terms of being possessed is enough i think to to be able yes. to, to cope with and uh um, yes yeah the, the the torment of the the father who um whose mother kept on haunting him and it's yeah it's there's so much in here that it it it's it tells more of a broader story than it's than just the girl who was possessed by the devil exactly there's a lot more in there
0: what is your opinion on the original blair witch project
1: ah um i was a I was a big fan of this film. And my opinion is I, I wasn't um, I wasn't really scared about or interested in the nighttime footage of of them being chased. Uh-huh. I think that that never scared me. What terrified me was what those characters were doing um, on the screen during the day, how they whatever affected them at night was literally just written on their eyes. And when they were losing mm-hmm. the map, they, I think that film is underrated for its acting, for its casting. And um, I mean, those, they did such a beautiful job of, of that. They, they
0: really did. And it was such a first of the, if its yeah. kind.
1: So I, I kind of strip it away from all the, com- the code and convention and the whole idea of it being a, um, a found footage film. Mm-hmm. one of the first not the the first but one of the first um and i see it purely as as a psychological uh, thriller that was that that couldn't be more terrifying to watch um when it comes to just just staring at these actors who are just playing the characters so real and being so yes. in the just just being so in the moment that you kind of felt you just felt traumatized by the psychological and you
0: almost um, felt helpless didn't you
1: yeah true but but i think i did i did get queasy when once they found that um house in the middle of the woods and they went inside i think enclosure why
0: would you Go in that house! Of course, they were hungry and tired and scared and lost.
1: Yeah, and and, and enclosures to me always um, create a sense of foreboding because that's where the people are. You know, that's where the things are. Exactly. But the open woods were terrifying enough during the daytime that, um, you know, what what, what was going on at night, it it was uh, kind of too much to kind of figure out. But, um, exactly. But it was a, it was a,
0: I think the only, I think the really scary part of the whole thing because it, I think because it caught me off guard Damn. besides the movie because I was, I, I, that was one of the first movies that we actually had on DVD. All oh, right. Yeah. Because we had actually got a, a DVD player and that was one of the movies that came with it. And so for me, I was like, yeah, you know, do I want to watch it? Do I not want to watch it? And And then when we watch it, it scared the crap out of me. And it's when they're in the tent and all those little kids are, are pounding on the tent wall. Hello, I'm a camper and I am never going to sleep in a, in a tent ever in the middle of the forest or woods or whatever it was ever again. And, And that still, that still stays to me now. And it's, you know, what, 17 years ago that this, that this very yeah. spontaneous documentary kind of thing went along. And, and, and like you said, they were, they were mad at each other and then one of them was lost and, and then, you know, two of them are fighting and they're th- losing the map. And it it's just, it's almost like it was, you know, it was going over and over and going in circles. And then how it ended, it's just like, I'm just sitting there like, I don't know if I'm ever going to recover <laughs> from watching this. Not because I hated it, just because it had that effect on me.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's one of those films that doesn't doesn't come into my list again. Um, I, and I don't know. Like we said, I think this list, a lot of it is to do with um, with uh, nostalgia. Um, and yes. And there are films you can't let go of. And there, there's certain films like Blair Witch, which... You know they're so fantastic in their own right that you feel as though you, yeah, you don't want to put it into a list. It doesn't it, really fit exactly because list, it's anyway. it
0: exactly you wouldn't even know where to put it and in what list you would put it in.
1: So I think we should go to number one. What was your number one?
0: <laughs> the exact same as yours.
1: The Shining.
0: The shining. And it and and I know that there's people out there that write horror that otherwise and they said it's the most boring thing and it's the most predictable. But I tell you what, there is no feeling like being in a huge, you know, hotel out in the middle of nowhere where you're surrounded by mountains and snow. Yeah. That if you're gonna go insane, that's when it's gonna happen. And and I'm thinking of all the places while I'm watching this on all the places where I would totally hide. But, you know, I'd get killed again because <laughs> I'm kind of the goober of of scary movies. And, you know, me hiding in this probably massive, beautiful attic, because I'm sure they have to have a place for storage. And I'm imagining that up, like on a top floor or something would be all storage. I'd be hiding there. But still, it's it's the whole yeah, I think the '70s. I think horror movies for the '70s are like have the biggest influence on me.
1: Definitely, definitely, and and rightly so. I think there was a there was a, a thing about the 70s that captured all your fears and distributed it into different places the suburbs a hotel um if the thing that was like an arctic place where where there's nobody around nobody at all all these different i mean there's the seven well that was actually the 80s i think that was 1982 possibly but still uh, there's this that era of film. that era i would say
0: from i'd say from 1970 to 1985 that right there that's
1: about right yeah because i think things got a little bit um cheapened back uh, when you kind of reached the late 80s things got a little bit because they
0: were just trying to put it through and get it out there that's all they cared about
1: but with 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 the shining it It is that big hotel and, and a, a part of you kind of wishes, especially when you're shown the food larder and all that. Yes! All the perks of actually living there. There's so many perks and, and the idea of actually being there. But and, and yeah, you almost wish you could actually be there and you think, yeah, do you know what? I, I would actually want to be in this hotel and, and I could write a novel while I'm there. And exactly. It would be, but it would just be my story. Would just be, well, I just get a little bit cantankerous every so often. And um, <laughs> otherwise,
0: we'd be writing, and it wouldn't be just all play, all work, and no play makes Jack a dull boy. But we would. I honestly think <laughs> that we would, we would have that opportunity, and we would. I think we would. I would finish what?
1: the book. <laughs> I would finish the book. <laughs> I would actually finish the book, but I would be so ill from all the bad food that i would have eaten um, oh, and that, that they would have carried me out on a, on a different gurney <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah never be taught and yeah be asked never to enter the um the hotel ever again again <laughs> for, <laughs> i
0: highly doubt that i highly doubt that
1: yeah perhaps i would i would, you know but the spookiness of being in a hotel the one thing about that film is is that there's not a lot of dark night um or or night times in the hotel all the lights are still on exactly it's not as if like in the others where all the curtains are closed and it's dark there's not one moment where they're all kind of like just all in there and it's pitch black
0: exactly
1: if they if it was if this film was done in the in the 2000s plus um they would have lost all power in the hotel uh at a certain time and they would be all looking for torches and seeing things moving and in the dark and it would have been overblown <laughs> and it would have lost all credibility.
0: And it would have lost all the effect too, yeah. I honestly believe. Because yes, even though there wasn't nighttime uh, per se, I mean, there was a few, like when um, yeah. Cat Stevens, is that when he gets back and he's there, because it's so dark and it, there's so much snow, I mean, it is a blizzard and everything. So, you know, when he arrives... There's that nighttime, and then at the end of the film, there's nighttime. But the rest of it is mostly daytime.
1: Yeah, but even even the maze was well lit. To be fair, it, exactly. No, nothing nothing was really kind of dark, but yet the film couldn't be more dark. So it,
0: it's it's the, the whole it's the whole mind thing.
1: Yeah, it's the mind thing. But where, that's where the darkness comes from. And, I, and I've been in, I've worked as a night porter in hotels where it's it's just lit up all the time. And the funny thing about lights when you're not sleeping through the night um, lights can actually make you feel uneasy, strange, more so than darkness and that's very true that's very because
0: easy. it's wide open and it's right in front of you, and you can see everything, so there's no yeah. There's, Yeah. I mean, if it's going to happen to you, it's going to happen to you and you're going to see it, unfortunately, <laughs> before it happens to you, whatever is going to happen.
1: Very true. Very true. And, and, and yeah, the, the Shining has a uh, there's been a lot of talk about it not being Stephen King's vision, the um, Stanley Kubrick version. But Stanley Kubrick is that master who you who knew how to get inside your head, even though it wasn't the same idea that Stephen King wanted to how how he wanted to get into your head um, yes w- which is fine you know interpretation is interpretation and it's you know apparently we're we're gunning for the inferior beast I'm happy with that um, but uh, have you seen the TV movie of The Shining the one that was adapted directly from the <laughs> Stephen King book yes and what did you think to that in comparison
0: I was disappointed yeah because i because again, like at that time of 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 the era it wasn't it wasn't about well i a I, I don't know the actor that they used as the father to me everything i'd ever seen him in he was he was a um a low key character mm-hmm. i mean he you know he never made any waves and he never yelled or anything, and so I, I think seeing him get so upset in the movie and everything. I, I don't know. To me, it was, <clears throat> I don't know. It threw me off. It just, it didn't have the feel to it.
1: Trying too hard. I felt.
0: Yes. Yes. Trying it's too it's hard. almost like the, going overboard every, in every direction that they could. And I, I was just so disappointed
1: because I, I, yeah, the actor just didn't seem willing enough to be truly committed to being mad. But he just had to act mad, and I think that's the difference. That's the big difference. That, Jack, that is the difference. Jack Nicholson, kind of, uh, if you see the warm-up scenes, the, uh, the 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 behind-the-scenes footage. Oh gosh,
0: yes, where he's he's putting the scowl on his face and he's pumping he's, himself yeah. up and he's getting to that point. Yeah, that's very vital in the in the original in the original movie, I think. But of course, he's always been a fairly good actor as far as spooky scary mad
1: yeah well i think melissa we've really killed it um what we've just done is is we've we've hardly scratched the surface on all of these films but what we've also managed to do is kind of analyze um the horror genre which in it in a way it, it kind of needed to be done you know to understand yeah, absolutely. What, what, what it is that, that we're doing. What, why are we doing this? Why do we watch these films? There's so many films that I have not been able to talk about. It would be great to kind of have that sub, subclass category within Headline This that, that focuses in on one film. Per at a time, at a time and I yes. think that, that would be something that I would love for you to be involved in on an occasional whenever we can because I would be... love
0: to I would love to because you know what every time you and I have ever done a podcast together we always have so much fun
1: but so thank you very much Melissa for uh for being on this epic show we've we've certainly uh discovered what what horror is to us and yes hope, hopefully
0: t- I think it's pretty similar
1: very similar yes and yes. um we've got a lot of catching up to do we've got some watching to do so um i think we've got our halloween all wrapped up
0: fabulous well <laughs> <laughs> and then remember that silence we were talking about yeah there's a the the silence.
1: silence and then i'm thinking <laughs> Um. D- d- yeah, I'm terrible at endings. You know, it's very difficult <laughs> to end because I always want to say, "Okay, well, well, bye."
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But and I always it? go, "Bye, bye, B- bye, bye, bye." <laughs>
1: and and it's like, no, you hang up. No, no, you hang up. <laughs>
0: and I heard you say that the last time when I went to hang up. I was
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because you said, "No, you hang up first which is kind of funny because I do that too. But
1: and you you went straight um, away. And yeah. I did.
0: And then, and then you were like sitting there and you're like, OK, I guess it's time.
1: <laughs> no, I was laughing. I was like, ah, she did. I hope she didn't even. Know. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, but um, thank you very much for doing the podcast. And um, it, it's going to be great. And I think we're going to definitely do more in the future.
0: I would love that, and I've really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed having these discussions with you, as I always do. So, thank you kindly.
1: Bye bye for now.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye. You see, that was that so hard. <laughs> there we go. That's our show. That was Melissa Burke. Thank you so much, Melissa, for uh, for spending two days on this on this podcast. I I hope that you took note of the films that you want to see. I, trust me, all of the films that we've mentioned for Halloween are perfect. Um, just just go out there, look for them. Go, go to go to any of your video stores. <laughs> oh, I wish. Do you know what? I wish it was the era of the video stores because then I'd be able to say to you, just just head on out to your local video store and see if they have a copy of The Conjuring Two. You know, uh, but we we can't say that anymore because that's just not what we do anymore. So, if you want to find Melissa and um, chat to her, ask her questions, um, you can find her on Twitter at Anumu, anewmoo, a n e w m o o. It's uh, not a one word; it's three words. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's on there occasionally, and uh, you can also find Melissa Burke. That's B U R K on. Um, on, on Facebook that's the same person by the way I made it sound like she was somebody else um, but um, there you go she, she's a, she's a fun person to uh, to chat to she's a good friend and she's very loyal and uh, I'm looking forward to talking in the future with Melissa and I don't think we'll be talking about film every time. I promise you that we'll be tackling all the other life subjects. You know where to find us, stephenradford.com, roastedportions.com. They might not be around forever, but I'm pretty sure that right now, if you went there, there'll be content, there'll be videos, and there'll be podcasts. Please be careful this Halloween and enjoy the next two podcasts. We've got Denver Robbins coming up. We've got Brian Byers coming up. Come on, people, bag it up. Good night for now. Bye-bye. Now, bomb. Consider this next question very carefully. Liquid Liquid storage storage bags! bags. You will never get caught shore again thanks to... Liquid Liquid storage bags! bags. Here you get eight, that's right, eight bags in which you can store your very own liquid items.
0: Bags on sold separately, liquid not included.
1: The attractive cardboard box is easy to open. With each wonderfully transparent, durable, and easily accessible. Ready Ready to to go. go! That's right! When you've got to go, liquid Liquid storage bags bags are are there for you! Liquid storage bags? That's right! Liquid Liquid storage bags. bags! They're sleek, sturdy, and stylish, and what's more, you can write all the information you need right there on the bag, where the space is provided. Warning, do not write on liquid storage bags. Liquid storage bags cannot be found in any store, by phone, or online. So you know that liquid storage bags are the product for you. And And only you. What's it called? Liquid storage
0: bags.
1: Ah, Uh, yeah. Liquid storage bags.